Hi, everyone. I'm Tish Conlon for another episode of Tish Talk. Today, I'm incredibly honored to have a guest that many of you know, respect, love for the work he's done, Dr. Mark Trozzi. For those of you who don't know him, we're going to take a deep dive into his story as well as a lot of the current uh, things that are happening um, in Canada and around the world with this uh, medical tyranny that we're experiencing. Uh, but Mark uh, was actually a graduate of both Western University of Western Ontario and um, uh, Ottawa University. He obtained, uh, became a doctor and a surgeon, pardon me, and worked in uh, trauma and ER. He's had um, over a decade of working in major trauma centers, uh, has been respected and loved for the work he's done. And he stepped out uh, in the beginning uh, of our COVID adventure um, seeing uh, what was happening and seeing it for what it was, was medical tyranny. So for that, for being honest and truthful and upholding his Hippocratic Oath, he has been persecuted relentlessly by the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons for refusing to bow the knee to medical tyranny. And he has uh, a wonderful website, um, which he'll he'll tell you about. And some of the uh, videos that he's done have been so educational. So we're going to cover quite a few topics today. I think it's going to be a great interview. So welcome, Mark. How are you today? Oh, hey, Tish. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for Hi. thanks for having me on. And thanks for all the good work you're doing for Canada and people everywhere. Well, thank you. Um, you know, people want to know maybe a, a little bit about your story initially. And I want I want to tackle some things. Uh, controversial things that are happening in Canada, but how did you um, how did you find the courage to speak out at, at the beginning of COVID, and how did you see it for what it was? As so many doctors still to this day are completely blind to what's going on and are still pushing you know these injections and and a lot of other uh, toxic things on their um, patients. Well, so yeah, my story. Um... I mean, I've been uh, a practicing physician since 1992 uh, after finishing my residency training. I've had a long career in emergency medicine. I've been teaching critical resuscitation, trauma medicine for more than a decade, been involved in teaching in multiple medical schools. And really, I've had a pretty trouble-free career. Um, never really been in any significant issues with the college. Uh, uh, a lot of patient happiness with my care, got along with all my coworkers, and that was life up until the launch of COVID. Um, so when COVID was launched, and when people were told the hospitals were full of people dying of COVID, the hospitals were empty. Um, and they were full before that. So I had a very busy career for 25 years. You know, if I went to work, and it was quiet enough that I could take a coffee break, that was a good day. That was a slack day. Wow. But when COVID came along, we were sitting on our hands. Hospitals were empty. Now, that was my hospital and my other hospital, which was a COVID-designated unit, and another hospital that I worked at. But I made some phone calls, and I talked with doctors all over the place, and they all told the same story. Um, and so pretty, pretty early, it was obvious that somebody was lying because CBC and other state-funded propagandists were saying that hospitals are full, people are dying. Um, now, I don't have much dance skills. So when the hospitals were empty, I didn't make any TikTok videos, but I had access to a great high-speed computer system. 
I had access to medical libraries and I had a lot of time. And I was told that I would should be waiting for people to be coming in dying with a new coronavirus. And so naturally I did my research and, and, and it wasn't even with the hospitals being empty, even with everything seeming strange, I didn't just jump up right away and say, this is all a scam. Um, but I did a lot of homework. And so for instance, when Dr. Zev Zelenko uh, came out and said, Hey, um, you know, zinc and an ioniform such as hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment. And I looked through the literature and I studied the physiology of coronaviruses, and I learned about the replicase enzyme that's inhibited by zinc, and how uh, by having an ioniform molecule with hydroxychloroquine being a very safe, effective one, you can get lots of zinc into cells. You can inhibit the enzyme that the coronavirus is necessary to even start its infectious process. So it made sense. But when I would share, when I shared that with others, it was brushed aside very quickly. Um, pretty soon we started, we discovered about ivermectin. Uh, it didn't take me long to look at, uh, you know, just micrographs of these face coverings that were being imposed on the public and to recognize that when you look at the size of the holes and you look at the size of a coronavirus, we were being told that we could block grains of sand with, uh, with like a thicken wire, which obviously doesn't make sense. And so through that first year, I stayed on the proverbial front line. Again, the absolute quietest part of my entire career, except that I did a lot of research and, and spent hundreds of hours researching everything to relate to COVID. Um, when the World Doctors Alliance came out fairly early in the game by spring, uh, early summer 2020, and made a very profound statement, they said COVID is a global dictatorship with a sanitary excuse. Um, and, and that was looking to be very correct. So I just stayed at work and I continued to do what I always did in the sense that uh, I follow certain really basic principles. One is the golden rule. That's actually the number one principle of life for me. And um, if, if a law comes along that violates the golden rule, it is not a valid law. So my golden rule is I'm going to treat you the way I want to be treated. How do I want to be treated? Well, I want to be spoken to honestly. I want, if, I, if I'm talking with a doctor, I want him to look out for my best interest. I don't want him to process me according to some agenda and get paid to do it. So I continued to do that through 2020. But as what I can only describe as cult dynamics evolved, it became very clear to me by the end of 2020 that the truth was lacking traction and the madness was continuing and it was getting dangerous for doctors like me. So uh, at the end of 2020, um, in the interest of avoiding problems and, and at great expense, uh, like which involved selling our house and eliminating all debt so I could live with zero income uh, and work as hard as I have, which is harder than I ever worked in my life over the last couple of years, um, to uh, continue the research, but very importantly, to tell people the truth and then that's gradually morphed into other elements of activism, you know, being one of the steering committee members of the World Council for Health, working with really important organizations in Canada, like Take Action Canada, Vaccine Choice Canada, Canada Health Alliance, Mama Bears, Police for Freedom, Stand on Guard, et cetera. 
I mean, all of these organizations and all these efforts by people like yourself required some doctors and some scientists. So I've been one of those that doing that ever since then. Wow. I mean, thank you so much. I mean, what I've what I've um, I've interviewed over 100 people in the last couple of years myself. And I found that a lot of people talk about this epidemic, uh, not of cowardice, but of apathy in Canada. And a lot of people uh, either they have their head in the sands, they are they just are not willing to accept what's happening for for whatever reason. Is it cognitive dissonance or they just willfully don't want to deal with it? Um, and then those people who know a lot of them aren't willing to take a stand. And it, it is does it is a sacrifice. Look, at you've given up your income for several years, as have I. Um, but this is what's required. It's required that we take action to solve this. And, you know, unfortunately, it's it's a longer battle. Um, I believe it's good versus evil that we're fighting as well. And we'll get into that. But can you talk about the persecution that you experience from the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons, just to give people who may not be aware, just a taste of what you've gone through to maintain your Hippocratic Oath and speak the truth? Sure. Um, and, and let me preface it with, I'm not alone. There, there are hundreds, at least hundreds of doctors in Canada in the same position to me. And beyond that, there are thousands of doctors and nurses in Canada who left the hospitals they worked at, gave up their careers when they were wrongfully dismissed, criminally dismissed, because they would not be coerced into a forced injection. So I'm by no means just some odd, you know, extreme uh, person out there. Uh, I'm a little bit extreme in the sense that I committed myself to this 100%. And I think that's partly because of, you know, a certain awareness of geopolitics. And um, I've worked very hard for the things that I built in my life. I valued my career, my home, all those sort of things. But I also recognize when you look beyond the, just the science, when you, when, you, when you look at the agenda and you realize that absolutely everything is on the table, uh, freedom, uh, survival, uh, Western civilization. Um, when you realize all that's on the table, the only reasonable thing to do is fight. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, would I rather like, you know, have just kind of quietly along, went along with this, maybe, maybe took the shots or maybe have been evil enough to not take the shots, but pretend I did, but still keep my mouth shut while other people get injected and their kids go, go to the ICU with myocarditis or they bury their family members. Um, and, so the, forgive me, I, I kind of tangent there a little bit. No, I, we were just, it, 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 you know, you're, you're speaking at such a profound level and a lot of people followed you through the persecution of the Ontario College of Physicians and Sur Surgeons, but some yeah. people might be new. I, I, there's a few new people sure. every time. How corrupt is this uh, college, this rogue college, and how, you know, maybe just give us an inkling of the persecution that you experience with these, these fake so-called trials uh, to determine yeah. whether you were, uh, because you weren't following sort of this narrative, this tyrannical uh, medical uh, narrative that you had to um, adhere to with these experimental harmful injections and um, ignoring safe and effective natural remedies and other, um, you know, 
protocols. Um, some people aren't aware of how much you were persecuted. Just, just to, just to give yeah. us a bit of a description there. Well, sh well, sure. So, so I actually stepped away from my income to apply myself full time to this because I knew what was happening. Um, now, I'm sure there's good people at the college, and I and some of those good people at the college were also forcibly and injected, and I'm sure they feel terrible because. I can't imagine that some of them aren't aware of the real science, the real data, the autopsies, what you see through a microscope and the dead people's bodies, et cetera. But um, the, the, the college uh, made three specific statements that they put out uh, back in April, 2021. And, and it was very underhanded, the whole thing. Um, and they, they put out a, a statement that basically said doctors, uh, are not to say anything contrary to public health official agenda. Uh, they said doctors are not to prescribe alternative treatments for COVID, including ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And they said doctors were not to exempt anybody from these injections, except under a very extreme circumstances. And when you look at those extreme circumstances, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and doctors who just, like, Dr. Phillips is a great hero of mine, because Dr. Phillips was a guy who just kept going to work. Now, he, like me, he studied all the time. Like he learned a lot. He became a source of information for many people. But he just kept going to work and doing the right thing. And every time he did the right thing, they, not the patients, he didn't have patient complaints. And that's weird, because mm -hmm. the, the college is supposed to receive a complaint from a patient and address it. The college filed the complaints. The public health filed the complaints. Every time he filed an adverse event report, every time somebody came in and they couldn't walk right or they couldn't think right or they had a heart attack within a few days of the injection, he just tried to file the report. And they, they filed a complaint against his license and rejected his report. And that person statistically was never accounted, which is why Canada has this fake statistical anomaly that, oh, yeah, the vaccines were safe and effective. You know, you're walking over the bodies and they're saying they don't exist. Um, and the same thing happened if you prescribed ivermectin, et cetera. Now I'd stepped out of the clinical picture to make the sacrifice to just full on educate the public and try to help research the problem. Um, and yet, uh, I did say things that were contrary to, uh, Dr. Tan and the WHO, uh, headed up by the psychopath Tedros, the chronically criminal, uh, and, and violent person. If you look at his life history, who's sort of somewhat at the head of this thing. Um, so quite strangely, uh, I still came under attack and under investigation. Now, when the college said to me that, you know, they have 19 people, 19 experts who are going to investigate me. And here I've been putting out videos and scientific articles and explaining the data and showing pathology and talking to experts. So I thought, well, that's great, actually. I said, this is great news because these 19 experts are going to go to my website and they're going to be there to investigate me and they're going to find out, oh, my God, this guy's not just talking out of his, his hat. Uh, this is real science. So I thought that was great. I thought the college was um, was a valid organization. I thought that they were upholding their mandate, which is to ensure the safety and health of Canadians and good clinical care. So I was surprised when rather than offering like saying, Mark, wow, great work you're doing. We're waking up, come on down to the college and help us direct uh, the doctors through the situation. I was kind of sad and surprised or that went that they actually
actually launched an investigation and then actually they were pursuing it rather than in any way being repentant. Around then, the Canadian, a group of us, like uh, more than a thousand Canadian physicians signed a document, uh, Declaration of Canadian Physicians, against these, uh, what they were presenting as mandates or regulations, but they have no lawful authority to do that. And, and they actually admitted in the fall of 2022 in, in some of their kind of hearing-like things, um, they, they admitted, well, those weren't, those weren't uh, ordinances. Those were simply recommendations, and therefore, they have no power. But, however, they continue to prosecute every doctor who stands up to them. So, interestingly, I wasn't, I wasn't actively in a clinical situation because I was applying myself to this mission of, of science and truth and, and helping to lead us out of the scandemic. Um, and Dr. Krista Luchke, uh, another good doctor in Canada, one of the many that did the right thing, uh, she wouldn't commit fraud on death certificates and various other things that put her at odds with the administration in her hospital. And she came under attack, really quite a ruthless attack by the college. Um, and they uh, suspended her license and her, her patients, who were, I think, 1,700 or so patients who had high needs. A lot of them were people with chronic uh, uh, palliative conditions. She was taking care of people with advanced diseases, quite elderly. They, they needed her. And she's a very compassionate doctor. So with her removed from practice, those patients were left with nobody she was prejudiced against, sadly, by the doctors in her own city, and no one would see her patients. Her patients were sort of prejudiced against as well. One of them committed suicide. Many of them got sick and died, deteriorated. People with extreme pain from like stage four cancer couldn't even get their pain medicine. So uh, Michael Alexander, the good constitutional lawyer standing up in this fight for Canadians, he reached out and said, hey, Mark, could you, your license is still active. Why don't you go and uh, help Dr. Lichke's patients. I said, well, I'm so busy in this fight. Like I've never worked so hard in my life. I can't do that full time. I said, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to reach out to another good doctor, Dr. Chris Shoemaker. So Dr. Chris Shoemaker and I, we went up to Barrie. I checked my family into uh, basically the basement of some, uh, some good, really good people who, who stand for truth and freedom. And I went to work. And this is interesting because I had to tell the college, oh, I'll be practicing at this address starting on this day. I got about a half a day of practicing. Wow. And they suspended my license immediately. And here's what's fascinating. During that half a day, I had time to see because they needed some detailed assessment because they've been without care for quite a while. So I saw four patients. Wow. And those four patients, among those four patients who'd been injected with this fraudulent genetic injection experiment while their doctor was suspended, in the four patients, I saw six common major adverse events that come from these injections by that i mean new cancer blood clot in the lungs blood clot in the legs shingles uh a facial paralysis and a typical profound hemorrhagic rash that comes so it's funny while reality and, and god we might say was telling me hey yeah you guys are sure right and the same thing they immediately increased their persecution chris shoemaker so you know that's a point where you say wow, you guys are, you guys have kind of left the track of your duty. Um, but, you know, I'm still, I'm still praying that the majority of the people at the college are going to recognize that they need to uh, help correct things and they need to 
you know, kind of single out the leaders there that have been committing these acts, which are really a criminal weaponization of an organization that is not only failing in its duty, they're going contrary to their duty. And any host, any doctor in this country and in this province who tries to do their duty for them, they, they, they bring them under attack. So it's unprecedented, uh, bizarre times, really, in that respect. Yeah, and, and I've talked to a number of doctors um, who, you know, are, are of the opinion that this Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons needs to be closed because it's uh, it's not even a public organization. And for them to wield so much power, uh, basically, it, it, they might as well be employed by big pharma. Um, so, you know, and it, it reminds me of Health Canada. You know, um, I interviewed uh, Sean Buckley, who really highlighted how they've become a rogue organization as well. They basically, they don't work for us. They aren't trying to protect us. They're trying to protect their lobbyists and their big pharma clients. And this latest assault on supplements with BC47, Here's a postcard for people to see if they'd like to send something to their MP. Endangered species cause of death, predatory regulation. Um, you know, death by regulation seems to be happening to doctors, uh, you know, healthy remedies and anything that's actually good for your health. Um, you know, it's it's really unbelievable. And here we have the story, and I'd love your comment on this incredibly tragic story of Garnet Harper, um, this young man with, uh, you know, acute kidney failure who was denied a kidney transplant. And this is uh, his own family. I think his brothers had offered to give a kidney, but they rejected that based on his, uh, and I can't even use the word vaccine, quaxine, injection status. We know this isn't even a legal vaccine and the data is so overwhelming, yet they wouldn't give him a transplant. And yet they wanted to harvest his organs when he passed away. I mean, talk about, you know, absolute murder. Um, it, you know, it's so incredibly disturbing this story, your comments. Well, it's bizarre. I mean, again, it shows that we have, uh, in what was the medical institution, we have just rampant criminality and complete ignorance of science. Because if you look at, so we've, we've looked at a lot of dead people's bodies with microscopes now. And by that, I don't mean me. I mean, the much larger team that come around through the World Council for Health. And I've worked with a lot of a lot of scientists in the last two and a half years, and quite a few of them are pathologists like Dr. Burkhart and Dr. Ryan Cole. When you look at what happens to people when their body is invaded with this genetic injection, okay, and, and, and people need to realize like a vaccine, vaccines is a subject we could get into. They're not all good, but a vaccine is a few hundred particles of attenuated virus or, or damaged virus that can infect you to stimulate immune response. These injections, for instance, Pfizer and Moderna, I mean, you're, you're talking these pegylated nanoparticles, which were designed, actually abandoned mostly because they were toxic. But what they do is they go everywhere. They're meant to go everywhere. They go into the brain. They go through the placenta. They go into the baby. And what are they carrying? They're carrying 40, about 40 trillion, 40 trillion copies of genetic code to cause human cells to produce the most toxic part of the coronavirus, which is the spike protein, something that you can go back 10 years, there's research that proves the spike protein is a poison. You could just give hamsters a sniff of spike protein and trigger lung disease. So 
you literally have people injected so that their own bodies will produce this super toxic spike protein in on massive amounts. Now, this spike protein is a toxin in and of itself. But what it also does is it attaches to cells all over the body, as well as the cells that it came from. And now the, our human cells have a foreign protein on their surface. And that marks them as foreign cells. So what you find when you take the dead young person's heart and you thin section it, and if you use proper staining, you see that the tissue was, is, is poisoned with spike protein. You see that if you use the right staining, which they don't do in Canada, you see the spike protein poisoning the tissue. But then what you see is the dramatic immune system attack on the tissue. And guess what that looks like? That looks approximately exactly like what an organ looks like that's been transplanted and rejected. The body rejects organ transplants because it's a foreign cell. We try to match organs as well as we can, right? And then uh, the person requires all kinds of immunosuppressant and immune modulating drugs that are very dangerous, but you need these things in order for the person's body to not destroy the organ. Well, people after these injections are destroying their own organs. So the idea that we would, that we, that doctors and specialists and people in the transplant industry are somehow blindfolded to this, uh, the fact that you want an organ from somebody that has not been injected and has not poisoned their organ and marked it with spike protein, and you definitely want to put it in somebody who has not been injected with this thing that is, is going to mark the tissue anyways. And as well, disrupts the immune system and causes a flood of infections and cancers. So on a scientific basis, it makes absolutely no sense. It is the most anti-science thing. Uh, if I was a member of that family, I personally would, would be deeply involved in a lawsuit, although it's hard to think in those terms when you're, when you're mourning and when a person's trying to figure out how to feed her children with their husband dead, and he didn't have to be. He had a right yeah. to that kidney. Um, it's it's an offense to science and it's offense to morality. Absolutely, and I you know I I feel you know um, I'm not going to use the word afraid, but the I have no interest in ever going near a hospital with what I know. Um, I've gone several times to deliver notices of liabilities or. Um, you know, for, you know, my son who had something he, he needed to, uh, he wanted very much to see our, our doctor. And even at that point, I, I delivered the book, uh, Turtles All the Way Down, or uh, the book on the vaccine industry, because they just have no knowledge. Um, and I wanted to ask you about this cognitive dissonance. I mean, is it arrogance uh, with doctors? I mean, you're a very humble person and you can see your service to God as well as your service to your clients and upholding the Hippocratic Oath. But I've met a lot of arrogance with doctors. I've talked to doctors about so many of them about these shots and tried to give information. And it was always flatly refused and in fact I would get the counter uh comment you know are you okay Tish you know you look a little disheveled are you experiencing uh you know mental uh issues it's like oh my goodness they're gonna you know lock me up for telling the truth but I, I mean I kept pushing back and giving more and more information a lot of them didn't still haven't come around despite you know so much overwhelming data and over I don't know how many Canadian doctors have dropped dead 
tragically, I mean, is it over a hundred? Well over a hundred well, well over a hundred. It's well I mean, it's over so 100. disturbing. What do you think's happening with them? Is this uh, like a um like a you know, you talked I I've I've talked in terms of cult as well. It's just this this mass formation, you know, that um Mattias Desmond talked about, or or is it you know, they just can't face the truth. I mean, what do you think is going on mentally with people, doctors particularly, that they can't stop what they're doing? Well, it, it's definitely been a giant psyop. And, um, you know, sometimes I look around, I'm amazed any of us can think straight after the last two and a half years of absolute abuse. I mean, yes. extreme abuse. I mean, remember yeah. two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Yes. And then, yes. And then you had these, these PCR tests that were 97% false positives and all kinds of people sent home to lock themselves in their basement and not talk oh. to their own kids and shut down their business and go broke while Amazon made a fortune. Yes. Um, so it's been a massive psyop. And a couple of things we need to remember, you know, you know, people say, you know, talk about humans as sheep, right? When people, when, you know, it's a, it's a common expression, oh, sheep, you know, sheep go along with whatever they're told. Well, smart sheep, are still sheep, mm -hmm. right? And then you have to look at the fact too that, you know, it, uh, there's, there's a variety of kinds of intelligence. And, you know, doing really good on lots of exams uh, is partly means you're smart and you can remember a lot of stuff, but it also means you're really good at doing what you think they want you to do, right? So when COVID rolled out, uh, I mean, the doctor, most doctors are not that geopolitically informed. Right. And this is yeah. this is a great weakness among doctors is because, you know, you get used to being, you know, smart at what you're doing. Like I worked in emergency. I'm pretty smart at emergency medicine. So I lived in a little bubble where a lot of my time I was the really smart guy and everybody was relying on me for knowledge. But that doesn't mean I'm smart about like being a lumberjack or geopolitics or religion or philosophy or propaganda and how it works. So. Uh, the doctors were sitting ducks as much as anybody else. And the other side of it was, in order for this crime against humanity to be carried out, uh, and in order to lead the, the people to slaughter and slavery, uh, the, the perpetrators of this who infiltrated, you know, I mean, the World Economic Forum, it's not, it's not a great conspiracy to say they've infiltrated our governments. I mean, Klaus Schwab and Trudeau admitted half the parliament Half the cabinet is WF operatives or foreign agents of a hostile agency. But in order for them to pull this thing off and to lead all the sheep in the direction they wanted, they needed the doctors, the nurses, the teachers, and policymakers, and a lot of other people in what you could call the laptop class. So if you go back to the beginning of this, okay, I was, all, I was just one of those doctors working in an emergency. I showed up to work like everybody else. And all of a sudden, despite the fact that I'd worked very hard for 25 years, and I thought I'd done a bunch of cool stuff. I don't know why people didn't think I was a hero back then. But suddenly, we were the, we were the superstars, right? We were the frontline workers. And there was this propaganda. People were knitting us hats. People were standing in front of the hospitals with signs. Thank you, doctors and nurses. We love you. I'd go to the grocery store. Everyone was forced to line up outside in the snow to get our groceries six feet apart. And I mean, old ladies that say, oh, Dr. Mark, you go to the front. I'd say, why should I go to the front? And they say, well, because of everything you're going through. And I said, what am I going through? They <laughs> said, well, you know, you're fighting all the sick. I said, the hospital's empty, guys. I'm not 
I was working hard before. But if you look at it, you know, there's a carrot and a stick. When you're going to take a sheep or a horse or a dog or a human being and make them do something, there's the carrot and the stick. So there was a variety of carrots here. So one was, you're a superhero all of a sudden. Like suddenly, you guys are the heroes of the show. Actually, you're the essential people. Other people aren't allowed to leave their house, but you can drive around in your car, right? So there was this ego trip, and humans love ego trips. I'm the same. We all like to be respected or whatever. And then the reality was, if you really looked at it, even just at a subconscious level, you, you didn't have to work hard at all. Like, I mean, I, I had 14-hour night shifts with zero patience. Can you, I, you don't know how hard I worked for the 25 years before that. So you're a superhero. You actually have less work than you've ever had. So now I, now I could have long coffee breaks. I could have 10-hour <laughs> coffee breaks, right? I used, to always, I used to always love it if I got a 10, 15-minute coffee break. But no, no, now I had 12-hour <laughs> coffee breaks. Um, and then... There was pay bonuses. I mean, because now we're dealing with this emergency. So there were there were opportunities for doctors to make good money doing almost nothing, right? Wow. And 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 they were just doing their part, right? Because just following instructions. So it wasn't like we felt like we were scammers, right? Um and and then of course, when you get to the injections, these injections were not handled as normal injections. These were uh these were emergency procedures. So this wasn't like a $4 procedure. This was like a $70 procedure. Now imagine if you could pay a, uh, a nurse practitioner 25, 30 bucks an hour and have people line up because they're all being forced to take the jab. I mean, you didn't have to look for customers. You just had to open the door and say, come on in. You want your job back? You want to pay your mortgage? You want to continue university? Come on in here. The college said, you're not allowed to say anything. You can't say anything except agree with the agenda. Don't you read the ingredients and tell people it's a genetic injection. When me and Roshane Killian said it's a genetic injection, the newspaper said, they say it's a genetic experiment. Well, yeah, that's what it said on the label. It was a genetic experiment, Jeez. clearly. So, so the, there was lots of, there was the ego trip. There was the slack times. Suddenly it was responsible medicine to just have Zoom meetings with your patients. That was never acceptable before. Are you, you've, Whatever happened to examining your patient, being in their field, sensing their emotions, palpating their belly, listening to their heart sounds, that's important stuff. Suddenly you didn't have to do that because everybody was a risk of infection. And, and then, so there's all the carrots. Then there was the stick because it became very apparent early on, those of us who would ask questions and say, hey, you know, guys, this, uh, I was there with my mask on. We're all, we all had runny noses and rashes because we were wearing these stupid masks for 12 hours a day. And when I would say things like, hey, guys, this doesn't make any sense. None of this makes sense. And they would say, hey, we're not supposed to question public health. This is an emergency. Do your part. Shut up. Right? Wow. So, and then if you did, and the college and, 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 and their, their criminal overlords, they made a point to make sure there were examples. So, as, for instance, Patrick Phillips, a guy who just did everything right. He should be sainted. He should be the head of the college. Right? Uh, but they made a point to make examples. And you saw it across this country. Uh, doctors being investigated, doctors having their license suspended, not one, two, hundreds, around the world, thousands. And, and then eventually, I know a lot of doctors who kept, their, kept it quiet. They didn't want to say nothing, but they want to keep their job. When it eventually came down to the line and, and their hospitals said, listen, you, you, you can't just violate your nose twice a week for us anymore. Either you take the shot or you get out of here. 
they went home. Thousands went home. That wow. says a lot. Good. So yeah. PSYOP. And, and and it's no wonder that smart sheep could be manipulated. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm actually hopeful for the future. It takes a giant wake-up call. And sadly, a lot of tragedies and deaths for people to understand that you know, health doesn't come at the end of an injection or in a, a chemical pill. And we have to take responsibility for our health, for our country, for everything that we've allowed to happen. And I actually was heartened to hear that uh, Elon Musk is suing the center um, CCDH, I think it's called uh, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, um, on behalf of people like Dr. Mercola, who I've been following for many years, and who was labeled, you know, the disinformation dozen. And I think that's good news for, uh, for us here in Canada, for doctors like yourself, and for all the doctors of integrity and courage on the World Council for Health as well. Um, you know, and we're seeing uh, this legal action in Alberta at the Supreme Court level saying that the lockdowns and mandates were unconstitutional, um, you know, and so that, you know, and that the public health person um, had advised only to government and government wasn't uh, really um, legally uh, able to do, uh, you know, to have those lockdowns and mandates. And then we have, even though it's a corrupt uh, journal, but the Lancet, which we know is like a lot of them or all of them taken, by Big Pharma, but at least they produce the article saying that uh, lockdowns and mandates did absolutely nothing for COVID, but caused massive societal harm. So, I mean, these things are waking people up. You know, the fact that they're going after our natural supplements now and 80% of the population takes supplements, that is waking people up to the medical tyranny in Canada. What do you think will happen over the next year with some of the pushback and some of the legal challenges and lawsuits um, where do you th see uh, some of the wins coming for free health freedom? Well, I mean, in terms of the science, there really isn't a debate. I mean, uh, you may have noticed multiple times, you know, other scientists, doctors, and myself, we've invited these ministers of health to have a public debate. Uh, they don't show. They won't show. Um, you know, you look at that doctor down in the States there who, who is criticizing RFK and his position. Uh, and he was, they, he was, they said, well, come and debate him. You're, you're a smart doctor. You want to debate this guy, come and debate him on the Joe Rogan show. They offered him a hundred thousand, 200,000, went to a million, went to two, it went to 2.6 million last I heard. And this Hotez guy wouldn't debate it. I mean, that seems strange. If, if you yes. offer me a million dollars to debate something and I'm sure of myself, I don't mind making a fool of RFK if that was the case. But the truth is he's made more like 35, $40 million as an operative for the murderous lot of big pharma. And I say murderous because we know there's more than 20 million people dead as a direct result of these injections so far. And that's just, that's not all the injured people and that's not the people yet to die. So, um, so the, you know, the science is very much, very clear, right? Uh, the politics is an issue. So when I look at the year ahead, I have, about six big reasons to be very concerned. And I'll start with the biological reasons. Um, I produced a, a, a presentation for the World Congress in Brazil in December, 2021. People can find it on my website, drtrozzi.org. It's called Synergistic Bioweapons. And this was a lecture for scientists, but everybody can understand it. And 
what this shows, there was a goal. We talked about the golden rule. There's a golden rule in vaccinology, which is you never vaccinate your way out of the pandemic. It doesn't work. What, what happens when you try to do that? How in animal studies did like entire flocks of chickens die when they tried to do that? Well, there's two concerning reasons, especially with coronaviruses. One is called antibody-mediated selection. And what that is, is if you vaccinate into a pandemic, especially creating what are called non-neutralizing antibodies, which these things are, um, you drive the evolution of the virus. So instead of what would have happened and what happened with the Amish and other rare pockets in the world that didn't go along with any of this garbage, didn't go along with the mandates, just lived their lives, did the things we always did to deal with respiratory infections. Uh, a few months in, it was over. It was over. And, and that's, that's what's called herd immunity. And the virus would kind of just regress into a harmless position in the biome. And, and we carry on with our life. But particularly because of the injections, the, the virus keeps evolving. And that's why we see variant after variant after variant. Now, people with natural immunity, they can handle all those variants. Because natural immunity, A, it works. B, it's, it's adaptation in the innate immune system is what's really supposed to do the job. And as well, it, the, the, the immune system identifies many aspects of the coronavirus. So the coronavirus can't just change its spike protein a little and circumvent the immunity. But with these injections, you actually drive the evolution of the virus. Now, yes. Antibody enhancement dependence. I read about well, that as well. Well, yes. that's the other half of it, Trish. So the antibody-mediated selection is driving the evolution of variants that will be particularly dangerous to the injection victims. Antibody-dependent enhancement is something that is well-known in any experimental effort to ever create coronavirus vaccines. And that is this. Yes, you could get the animals in the laboratory experiments to produce antibodies, but when you expose them to disease, the mortality rate of the disease was much higher. The antibodies enhance the disease. And that's, that's why coronavirus vaccine research was abandoned like 10 years ago. Yes. Because in animal studies, you could take a cold, the coronaviruses are generally, you know, in the, in the spectrum of colds. And you ended up with animal models where once you actually expose them to the infection, 20 to 100% of them died, died from a cold. So the reason I, I, I bring up these two things and how this makes them synergistic as a weapon the initial virus that they made and the patented injection that they produced together has caused coronavirus, the, the SARS-CoV-2 to mutate and mutate and mutate while it's weakened the immune system of the people who've taken it. And it's specifically made them much more vulnerable to coronavirus infections. And that's why Geert Vandenbosch, myself and others are quite concerned that we're coming into a season where a lot of people who took the injections could get very sick with a lot of things as they already are because their immune systems are screwed up, but specifically with coronaviruses. Now, that shouldn't be too much news because by April, May, 2021, Canadian data showed clearly that the incidence of infection, real infections with coronavirus was much higher if you took the injections. It was the lowest in people who didn't take it. What did the government do? Well, you'd think they would have said, halt the injections, they're causing a lot of deaths and adverse events and to boot, they're making COVID worse. No, they said, we will no longer report vaccination status with our data. And what did that mean? That meant that while the, while the vaccine 
was actually causing more infections, they could say to the people, hey, there's lots of infections, go take the vaccine. And that's my fear. When you look at what's happened over the last two years, as we get in this fall, a lot of people get sick with COVID. There are people who've been taking the injection, but, they, but we could be scammed, we could be conned. And, and the powers that shouldn't be could say, oh my God, there's so much COVID, everyone needs to take the shot. And you know what, this time we're not gonna have everybody suffer because of that 10 or 20% that didn't take it. It's time to force these injections like never before. And they've built the quarantine facilities, maybe they plan to finally use them. So there's the biological concern that I have. Yes. What about, and, and then on the geopolitical spectrum, you have the IHR amendment where yes. the WHO is creating all kinds of new dictatorial powers and scratching things out of regulations, things like with full respect for human rights and dignity. Imagine crossing that in. And they've got a parallel path called the Pandemic Preparedness Treaty. The UN is coming up with another way to do it. And in, in, the, in the context of that, you have almost every complicit World Economic Forum invaded country like Canada in the world simultaneously suppressing natural treatments with like in our case, the, the bill C47, where mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna make it like almost impossible to get a license to sell vitamin C. And they could literally, they're threatening as, as Sean Buckley's explained, this could present a situation where they go in and pull all the stuff off the shelf that already exists and it'll be almost impossible to get it back on. We're talking vitamin D, echinacea, natural things. And at the same time, around the world, including Canada, they're doing what they call agile licensing. And agile licensing is they're going to make it easier for the pharmaceutical industry to get full approval, full approval for novel experimental products, even though the one that they just got experimental approval and then lied and told us it was a safe, effective vaccine, even though it's killed and maimed more people than any medical thing in history. So those are the dangers I see going into this. What is the solution? Well, we can't get overwhelmed with fear. We've got to keep our head on. But if there was ever a time to complete this fight, to fight with full, absolute power on every sphere with everyone's talent, whether you're a doctor, a journalist, whether you're a police, military, militia, politician, whoever you are, because we need these criminals to be stopped before they pull this off so that as we go into this fall season, we're already seeing changes in the data around the world showing like infections coming earlier and, and going up. I looked at some stuff with some engineers. Oh, let me just get rid of that. Um, before all that happens, we need to stop it and we need to take back our country. And I don't have all the answers to that. Uh, but, you know, people call this the summer of fun because after all these years, finally, you can go outside without wearing a, a satanic muzzle on your face. Nobody's forcing an injection right now. But yes. if, if sleeping right now instead of fighting harder than ever is the biggest mistake because the writing is on the wall. They're preparing worse things for us. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I interviewed uh, James Raguski and he explained the breakdown with the international health rela uh, regulations and the pandemic treaty and the ways that they're trying to do this power grab. So if someone sneezes in Australia, they can declare a pandemic and, and state that we all need to take this new injection. So yeah, yes. there's a lot of things to be concerned about. Um, but the thing is, uh, when we realize that each voice makes a difference. I mean, I've been following the uh, John Birch Society protocol and they've been fighting these sort of deep state tyranny for many decades, I think since the fifties. 
And they did say the most powerful thing you could do is go door to door. There's enough information. Like here's one flyer that um, the um, John's group, the NHPPA has. And if you just go to NHPPA.org, you could probably uh, get him to send a bunch. You could go around your neighborhood, wake people up to what's going on, have them contact MPs, MPPs, call Health Canada, complain. Um, you know, that's just one of the things on the medical tyranny. We have at the same time, we have them uh, pushing this climate agenda, this fraudulent climate agenda with Agenda 2030 and these so-called smart 15-minute cities or 40-minute cities, whatever they've come up with. Uh, basically, another form of, of lockdown, taking away your rights, depriving you of um, your money because these taxes for carbon are absolutely fraudulent. And um, this green energy con is not uh, remotely uh, a good thing for our environment. In fact, uh, it's bad for the environment. We need carbon dioxide. So, I mean, it's a lot to take in, but you really can look at it from what are you passionate about fighting and then get involved because there's, as you know, there's a lot of good organizations already set up, but I concur 100% that action is required. And I know Steve Kirsch, the billion billionaire um, former Democrat has really kind of given up his career to fight the tyranny and has done incredible studies on Amish, particularly, and how they have yes. no cancers, they have no autoimmune disease, kids are healthy, and this is with no injection. So that's the bigger question we don't need to tackle today, but I have tackled about you know, we vaccines is like a magical sorcery word. It just puts a spell on us. We always think, oh, that's so wonderful and safe. It's time that we looked at all of them and compare the data and compare all medical products. But when we have uh, organizations that are um, funding and taking funding and taking orders from Big Pharma, we're never going to get to the truth. Which ones are good, like ivermectin could, you know, very good, safe, and which ones are unsafe so we can get back our, our health freedom and, and, and get people of integrity and federally, provincially, and municipally to take our country back. So yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of work to do. Let's talk about some good news. Some of the things that we both learned over this time about the body's natural ability to heal. And yes. you know, there could be a number of people who took these shots and now are really scared or regretful. I mean, uh, there are ways to eliminate yes. this spike protein. I mean, something is, you know, as innocuous, if you can see it here, people as quercetin. Now I don't, I don't sell supplements, but I do recommend higher quality brands, um, organic if possible. So quercetin, let's talk about some of the things that you've come across, Mark, that are helpful um, in getting rid of this spike protein and people who've taken the shot, or even if they're worried about shedding, which um, is definitely real as well. Yeah, sure. Forgive me, I just had a, a battery issue, so I'm just, uh, I had to. Uh, oh. It's okay, I just fixed it, but it's kind of reduced my volume, but we'll be okay. Oh, okay. Still have yes, absolutely. And yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that I like is natokinase, and this is yes. something that will be at risk if, uh, you know, if we let them get away with what they're trying to do with Bill C-47. We won't have that. Yeah. You know, we won't have yeah. something like turmeric even. Now, this is the brand yeah. I like. 
a new chapter, but again, I don't sell products. I'm just saying buy a better product. It's worth it. And maybe stock up a little bit in case these regulations, it takes a while to fight them. I mean, get maybe if you can afford it, six months supply or more. But what, do you, what have you found um, in your practice in dealing with some of the holistic um, providers that is working to eliminate or block the, the spike protein? So I'm glad you asked about this because this is a big area of focus. Um, you know, we've war we warned people out of truth and love to not take the shots. People were arm twisted. Uh, I mean, you had to, had to feed their kids or keep their house. So a lot of people are injected and we, and we want to help. Um, so I just, I just put out this week part three of a series that I'm doing. So on my website, drtrozy.org, uh, right on my homepage, you'll see uh, uh, COVID quote vaccines, detox, and I've put out part one, part two, three, and I'm going to put out more. So maybe I'll just talk really quickly about what's in those. So one of the first and most powerful things that we've identified is autophagy. And if you look at the word autophagy, it comes from autophagy, self-eating. And that's a process that's always happening in our cells. Our cells are always cleaning out old garbage, old proteins uh, that can be uh, disassembled. Their parts can be used for other things. And autophagy uh, can be increased by certain things. So people have been injected. Their body is pumping out these spike proteins of poison, triggering all these troubles. So getting rid of the spike protein is one of the most important things. So there's things that can be done to increase autophagy. And the biggest thing that people can do to increase autophagy is fasting. So for adults, that looks as simple as getting yourself progressively down into eating in a six hour window. Uh, so that means no caloric content. You could, you can have like some fat, but, uh, but basically to make it simple, people get up in the morning, for a lot of us, this is how it works. Skip your breakfast, have a black coffee if you need your coffee. And then have your lunch, snack in between if you want, have your supper, get it down ideally to a six hour window and don't eat the rest of the time. That has a lot of benefits. A big benefit is it's one thing you can do to increase the rate at which your body gets rid of spike protein. And it also will reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, and almost every chronic illness out there. The window and, and intermittent fasting and even prolonged fasting, which we won't get into right now. These are powerful tools. Of course, you know a lot about this as a nutritionist. Ish. And, and there are some medications and some natural supplements that can increase the rate of autophagy. And, but really, the intermittent fasting is the biggest thing. The second area uh, that I went into was just what you just held up there, which is natokinase, which is amazing. Here's a traditional Japanese food. Uh, you base, they basically take uh, soya and they ferment it, it's a home recipe, and you end up with this kind of smelly ferment of soya, but derived from that is this enzyme natokinase. Natokinase has been used for a long time as a supplement because it reduces blood clotting, and therefore it reduces the risk of heart attacks and strokes and all those sort of things. But it turns out that not only is it a, a gentle blood thinner, it also uh, increases the rate at which your body destroys the spike protein. It's an enzyme that actually digests spike protein. So natokinase is what was the subject, the second one. The third area, which is a huge area, which is blocking the interaction of the spike protein with your cells. So the spike protein, whether it's on a virus or whether it's mass produced in the body as a result of these injections, 
in order for it to poison cells and trigger the immune system to attack them, it needs to stick to ACE2 receptors. There are other receptors, but predominantly ACE2 receptors. So there are things that, that will kind of bind the spike protein so it can't do that. That includes ivermectin, number one, quercetin, number two. Uh, and there's also things that will block the ACE2 receptor. And that's another way to get rid of the interaction. So now the spike protein can be floating around while it's getting rid of, while it's being gotten rid of, it's not doing nearly as much harm. And so some of the, the, the top five things I came up with in that search are ivermectin, quercetin, N-acetylcysteine or NAC, mm -hmm. curcuminoids derived from turmeric, and dandelion leaf extract. So there's some of the things. Uh, I know there's a lot of other interesting stuff. Dr. Goodnow's work with uh, plasmalogens. Uh, I'm, I'm researching that. I still have lots to learn about it. Um, and and it's, it's blossomed the science. You know, all the good doctors and scientists who stood against this thing, we're now dividing our time by, between trying to stop it and trying to help the people who've already been victimized. And, and the use of the word victim is very key. The reason is, it's an assault to give that injection to anyone because yeah, it's coercion. Nobody was told the truth. Mm -hmm. And if you tell somebody, hey, here's a safe, effective vaccine, and instead you inject them with pegylated nanoparticles that deliver genetic foreign material to their brain and everything in their body and poison them, that was not true. It was not a safe, effective vaccine. That makes it assault. And that's why I don't say patients of these injections. I say victims, whether, uh, whether they rolled up their sleeve with a smile on their face because they were lied and coerced or not. Absolutely. So I have to offer. I agree. And I know uh, Ted, Ted uh, was quite passionate uh, about how this is not informed consent. And really, um, having, having worked so long uh, with Vaccine Choice Canada, he, he really enlightened me and others and this audience how we really haven't had informed consent for a long time. I wanted to add to your list because, I mean, that's the miracle of, you know, the body our, that God gave us is that it can heal. If you eliminate the toxin, and it could be something as simple as stopping, you know, the assault on your uh, organs with glyphosate, which is sprayed onto our wheat, probably more than anywhere in the world. So going gluten-free and then detoxifying your organs. So one of the things I, I recommend for almost everyone is magnesium, because we're very deficient in minerals. We need to remineralize. And, you know, uh, I know I've interviewed Dr. Robert O. Young a, a number of times, but we're looking that conditions that you, you've been told are like terminal, for example, cancer can actually be treated with diet and supplements, things like chlorella, you know, purifying the blood, um, salts, good salts. Now, I, I, I tell everyone now as a tip, do not buy regular table salt. They put glass in it. And I, I believe that to be true. Now, can I prove it? I've, I've listened to a number of experts say that. So buy high quality sea salt. You know, we actually need salt. And even things like vitamin C um, can treat so many conditions. I mean, oxygenating your blood. I mean, there's so many things that will actually uh, return you to health, infrared sauna, getting that sweating, all that stuff up. But you've got to stop the assault, whatever the toxin is, whether it's a spike protein or it's 
glyphosate or whatever toxic food you're putting in your body that your body's resisting. And then you have to get it out of your bodies and heal and, and, and really take back your, your uh, lifestyle through diet, exercise, meditation, and all of these other things. And I think the future is there for people who, who take the challenge, who do the hard work of taking their health back. I mean, there's so many things, even, you know, pine needle tea um, can, is, is very protective for the spike protein. So, I mean, and I've seen that with my own eyes, people with, who've been told they had cancer being healed. I mean, through simple detox, you know, food is power, you know, what was it? Um, Hippocratic, you know, hip hypocrisies, you know, let food be, uh, what, what's the quote? Let food be yeah, thy, medicine, food be medicine. thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, these are, this is the beauty. And I think doctors of integrity are partnering with naturopaths and holistic practitioners where they were siloed before. And I think yeah. the future of the best of both could happen in time if we if we take charge and hold people accountable. Now, so many people say, oh, let's just move on. But that is the last thing we should do, or we will never learn the lesson unless we hold people accountable. I agree with you, Tisha. And people have to remember to move on. The people that did this are not only still free and at large, they're holding positions of power. So mm -hmm. uh, move on doesn't make sense. And, and again, when you look at what they're doing, they're preparing the ground to make 2020 look mild. Mm -hmm. They are preparing a global dictatorship. They are preparing and continuing population reduction. They want people sterile, stupid, and slave. So yeah, I'd love to move on. So let's get this done. Let's get the perpetrators of these crimes against humanity locked up or somehow neutralized as by law and by every proper moral they should be. And then, you know, we're not going to be so foolish in the future. And like you said, this is brought back together allopaths, nutritionists, uh, all kind of chiropractic. This is brought back together. All these, these groups and these areas of studying the human body that were separated by the actions of the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and the Listers way back in the early 1900s, which you know created the progressive poisoning of our population. I'm glad you mentioned glyphosate. What a what an, uh, an important subject. Um, so yeah, when people say they want to move on, uh, yeah, me too. But we got to get it done because. You know, it reminds me a little bit, I don't mean to be graphic, but, you know, one of the most infamous villains on just a street level. I mean, this person didn't kill or injure nearly as many people, in my opinion, as Bill Gates or Teresa Tam or Trudeau or Freeland or Schwab or any of these new arch villains. But nonetheless, Paul Bernardo was a bad person and Paul Bernardo did some horrific things. Now, Paul Bernardo was probably the Mississauga rapist. I mean, people did biography about him. And that went on for quite a while before he had his basement set up to torture the women that he tortured to death, okay? So the, we're, we're in a similar situation. If you didn't like what they just did, you should see what they're planning next. So uh, just saying, hey, I'm glad it's over. There's no mandates. I don't have to wear a mask. It's not over, my friends. I wish it was over. So this is a time for everybody to reinvigorate ourselves, 
and get this fight over with. Good can overcome evil, and it's going to take everybody, and it's going to take creativity and courage. And the people that did this, who should be dragged out of their offices and handcuffed yesterday, yes. uh, they're not going to give us permission to fix this. They're not going to say, okay, you're right, I admit, I did it. I'm going to go lock myself up. No, they're going to need to be locked up by us. We need to take back our society. I, I I really agree. And and look at what's happening. We have uh, Senator Paul Rand and the states now doubling down, thankfully, and going after Fauci, uh, you know, who, who really needs to be held up to light for people who believed he was the saint. He has done dastardly deeds and harmed so many people. He has not helped one human being. And you could think of the people that he's poisoned, uh, particularly in the United States, but around the world with the NIH. Um, I know you spoke at the National Citizens Inquiry. I just wanted to highlight that for people who haven't taken a moment to listen to some of these powerful testimonies, people who've been harmed by these injections, people who have lost children to suicide from these Marxist education centers, indoctrination camps that would uh, that enforce the worst lockdowns in the world. So please take a moment, everyone, and listen to some of those powerful testimonials and take action with whatever you can. I know um, as we go forward and learn about how we can treat the body, it changes our perspective on things like what is a pathogen, germ terrain theory, you know, and that's a bigger conversation for another day, the nature of viruses, um, pandemics, and, and if a lot of these so-called cancers and uh, autoimmune diseases are actually called by, by parasites, and people can refer to Dr. Lee Merritt, who was a military doctor and a real truther who's done some great work on showing how anti-parasitic uh, formulas like ivermectin and fenbendazole have literally cured cancer in patients. So, I mean, that is a bright future if we're allowed to be healthy and encouraged to be healthy, given healthy food and healthy uh, treatments when we need them with good doctors. I think that 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 will bode well because you cannot have wealth until you have health. You can't have a, a functioning society if everyone is sick. And it's not just the physical sickness that we're dealing with. We're dealing with massive mental illness. Um, before I let you go, someone has asked me to ask you about uh, whether you can comment, and then you can leave us with your website again for those who don't know it, but can comment on these injections causing not just depression, anxiety, but violent behavior um, on people who've had them and, and how that could be possible. Can you comment or do you feel... Um, no, no, I sure I can comment. I think that's very real. I mean, so... Again, the main injections used in Canada are Moderna and Pfizer. And those are pegylated nanoparticles carrying a payload of genetic invasion, which has now turned out fraudulently to actually be 35% DNA. But that's a whole other issue. I've published about that on my site. But so pegylated nanoparticles go into the injection victim's brain. No question. Pe the, the pegylated nanoparticle is toxic in and of itself. But more importantly, that means literally brain cells are producing a foreign protein. Now, producing proteins in neurons that don't need to be there is a very bad idea. It clutters up the cell. You know, when you look at, there's a lot of conditions that there's deterioration in nerve function just because of the clutter of unnecessary or dysfunctional proteins. But it goes beyond that. And if people look back in June of 2021, I published a video. I think it's still right on the front page of my site because I keep bringing it back. It's called COVID, quote, vaccines, 
How dangerous are they? And at that point, looking at really just a lot of good science, I didn't invent this stuff. I like study other people's science, right? But I went through more than a dozen reasons that we could predict that these injections were going to be harmful. One of them was prion diseases. And unfortunately, we were right about that. So this spike protein has the capacity to trigger misfolding of other proteins. And to, to, to illustrate what is a prion disease, mad cow disease, that's a prion disease, right? So they call it mad cow disease for a reason. Cows that get mad cow disease are crazy. They become mentally dysfunctional. People that get mad cow disease become dysfunctional. Jacob Kreutzfeldt syndrome is a prion disease. And Jacob Kreutzfeldt causes a progressive neurologic deterioration that leads to death. And along that way, people become insane. So uh, I don't think there's anything unexpected when I hear from people, oh my God, People aren't the same as they used to be. Personality changes, frontal lobe dementia-like pictures. You know, in fact, one of the, I'm not going to say who, but one of the beautiful doctors in this world, of, of the hundreds that I've worked with closely over the last two years, uh, is a wonderful doctor whose who's own husband couldn't believe her. Couldn't believe her when she said, this, this injection's toxic. This agenda's not right. And he went and said, come on. He went out and took the shots. And, and this poor, wonderful doctor who's struggling in the country she's in to survive under a similar oppressive regime, not quite as bad as Ontario's, but nasty. And at the same time, she's now living with a very aggressive and angry person that used to be her husband. So oh. it's real. Yes. It, it, I mean, that is that is sad and, and scary at the same time as we have, you know, young teenage girls stabbing a man for no reason. I just heard about a, a young child in Guatemala after two uh, Moderna, I think, shots uh, within a month uh, went nuts and stabbed her family. So this is the reality of what we're dealing with. And hopefully we can get information about detoxing to people to lighten not only the physical symptoms, but these horrific mental symptoms as well. And, you know, as we go forward, we have more and more information that good doctors are sharing. So can you, um, you know, can you just leave us with again, um, where people can find you, how they can support your work, um, Dr. Trozzi? Well, yeah, I really appreciate that, Tish. So uh, my website is doctor, like just D-R-Trozzi, T-R-O-Z-Z-I dot org. Org. So drtrozy.org, uh, the World Council for Health.org, uh, a plethora of, of resources, a global team. Uh, people can join us every Monday. We have an open forum where we bring experts from around the world. My website, uh, I now have over 700 posts. Uh, it's completely searchable. So people can just go type in vaccine and and get a library of articles with many different subjects. Uh, it's translated into 23 languages, so don't be afraid to share it with friends around the world. And then in terms of, of supporting uh, this mission, I'm very grateful for donations. It can come in through drtrozy.org. Excellent. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Mark. It has been an absolute delight speaking with you. I'd love to get you on the show again another day. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye now.